2: And hello, welcome in Wednesday edition of our program. Lots to get to. Jordan Geronimo in the news yesterday. He met with the media via Zoom, so good to hear from him and his plans for the upcoming season, what he's been working on this off season. so we'll talk about that today. And more IU basketball here in our Wednesday program. Let's jump into the show lineup. It's a service of Honeybag Tam in New Albany, Segment 1. News and notes, a little bit about what Jordan Geronimo had to say yesterday. Uh, maybe a little bit about the All-Star game, the MLB All-Star game last night. We had some more local action in the Major League draft, a couple additional IU players were drafted in the third and final day of the draft yesterday. Also, two locals went in the uh, MLB draft as well. We'll cover some other topics here in segment number one for you. Later in the show, uh, segment 2 we'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. We'll talk more about Geronimo and other IU basketball stuff. And then later in the hour, we'll be joined by Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. As we talk through some local sports headlines, we'll tell you more about the local guys that were drafted yesterday and uh, some other stuff with Josh when he's with us here later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. This is my daily reminder to you. You can send a question, a comment, a thought, uh, anything you want around IU and local sports and even beyond a 502- Again, 502-414-1450. That's what we call the Thornton's text line. And at Thornton's, it's summer cash bash, which means each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and more. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, that's no problem. Text the word REWARDS to the number 80313. Again, REWARDS to 80313. 1-3 today. All right, let's look at some headlines for today. We start with uh, what Jordan Geronimo had to say yesterday when he met with the media. And again, kudos to Coach Woodson and J.D. Campbell, who is the media relations person for IU men's basketball. Twice this week, we've heard from IU players Let's hope that continues over the summer. Uh, Just very interesting to hear from these guys in the offseason, to talk about what they're working on this summer, to talk about the upcoming year, which, of course, the Hoosiers by many are pegged to be at the top of the Big Ten Conference. But Geronimo yesterday uh, with some really strong words on Mike Woodson. Remember when Coach Woodson was hired, Geronimo had entered the transfer portal but decided to return to IU play for Coach Woodson, and of course, entering year two with Coach Woodson is Geronimo next season. He said, I have trust in Mike Woodson. So clearly uh, he believes in the path that uh, Coach Woodson has this IU program on, both team-wise and it sounds like development-wise individually for Jordan as well. A lot of discussion yesterday about his athleticism and that how he's working to expand his game to become more of a perimeter player, which I think we all assumed based on his skill and athleticism and ability to probably do so, that would happen because if he finds his way out on the perimeter, I think he's going to find a much bigger role and definitely Uh, a lot more playing time, given who's back for Indiana uh, this coming year. So Geronimo, as a wing player, a perimeter player, it sounds like uh, that's where you'll see him much more this upcoming season. But just a great discussion with him yesterday about what he's working on, a lot of work in the offseason on his jump shot, which would make sense as he takes his game more so to the perimeter that he would want to add a stronger jump shot to his arsenal. Uh, But some good stuff from Geronimo. We'll talk a little bit more about what he had to say uh, coming up later in the program today. Also, there was a brief uh, video, like a little highlight clip, I guess you'd call it, that IU Basketball put out yesterday from one of their summer practices. And I couldn't tell based on the angle. Everything zoomed in real close. But it looked like about midway through the 30, 40-second clip, Trace Jackson Davis knocks down uh, some sort of perimeter jump shot. It was hard to say free throw line behind or maybe a three-pointer, just really hard from the angle to tell. But clearly, I think we all assume and we can all rest assured that Trace Jackson Davis himself, while he will be an interior force and one of the best in the Big Ten Conference this year, uh, is working uh, on his perimeter game, at least the ability to step out every now and then uh, for IU. So that was interesting to see yesterday. And speaking of the Big Ten Conference, I love reading stuff in the offseason about the conference, different projections, who thinks who's going to be at the top of the league and why. You know, one of the teams in Indiana, if they're going to really be at the top of the conference, is going to have to compete with is Illinois, which is interesting because when they lost, when they lost, Jake. Up Grandison, and then of course two-time All-American Kofi Coburn, uh, I would have put Illinois in the rebuilding category, maybe some unknown to them, perhaps in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten Conference, but let's think about who the Illini picked up this year. Sky Clark, probably familiar with him from Kentucky, also probably one of the biggest uh, pickups from the transfer portal. Uh, in the conference and maybe in the whole country in Terrence Shannon Jr. and also Matthew Meyer, uh, who come from the Big 12 Conference. So some big additions have Illinois potentially – as a team that I think could be up or near Indiana when the final, if you want to call it that, preseason projections come out when we get into September and October and the preseason magazines and other publications really start to hone in on things. But Illinois definitely going to be, I think, in the mix at some level this year. And uh, a story I saw yesterday just kind of going through some Big Ten offseason tidbits. It was actually from an Illinois writer uh, had their projection for the Big Ten's best freshman, best incoming freshman, Jalen hood Chafino of Indiana. He continues to get some really high marks, not just from within the conference, but from around the country as far as what his role could look like next season in a IU uniform. A little update on some former Hoosiers. That I wanted to pass along. You know, we're in the middle right now of NBA free agency, and Cody Zeller remains a free agent. He played last season at Portland after coming to the Trailblazers from Charlotte. Remember, he had a broken nose and some injuries to deal with last season, but he's on the market as a free agent. You would think at some point would be a, uh, a very serviceable pickup for someone that needs a big man. I think it's definite that he will find a new NBA home, but where that will be is. Still up in the air right now. And I saw a story yesterday with the free agency and everything going on, just kind of checking in on some of the IU guys. OG Ananobi was mentioned as possible trade bait, Uh, where a trade from Toronto to Brooklyn uh, for Ben Simmons could be centered around O.G. Ananobi, a package that would include him and some others from the Raptors as well. That kind of tells you uh, the thought of O.G. Ananobi in the NBA, that he could be one of the headline players, perhaps in a trade for a big name like Ben Simmons. And I also saw that Yogi Ferrell, It looks like for the upcoming season is going to remain in, I believe, is it Lithuania for the upcoming year uh, where he played or at least finished the season a year ago. It looks like that will be his professional home again. So Yogi, who, if you look at his professional resume, uh, the Nets and the Mavericks and the Kings and the Cavaliers and the Clippers, uh, he's been overseas two or three different places. I believe he started the year, uh, the season last year, over in Greece uh, but still hanging on, still getting paid and still playing at a pretty good level of competition uh, over in Europe. So good to see him continuing his professional career. Major League Baseball draft, uh, first and foremost, uh, Timmy Borden, a Providence graduate, uh, started his college career at the University of Louisville, then finished at Georgia Tech, had a really good year this past season uh, for Tech in the ACC Conference. He was drafted in the 16th round yesterday by the Houston Astros, you <laughs> and he was pick number 493 so it'll be interesting to see the next move for uh, Timmy and where he heads off to to begin his uh, semi-pro or professional career what the path could be for him but definitely getting a shot and that's what it's all about after a really good season at Georgia Tech and another local player I don't know that he's going to accept it because I'm not sure it was where he wanted to be at in the draft but Corbin Dickerson who you've heard me talk about he's a Jefferson native that played his high school baseball at Trinity in Louisville. Uh, He was picked uh, the 594th pick in the draft. Uh, by uh, yesterday, uh, the Minnesota Twins. And so he will, uh, I think, still go to Louisville, but he did. Uh, he was drafted yesterday. A lot of times you don't see a player get drafted these days that isn't going to fulfill that uh, draft spot uh, after some negotiations. But I do believe I saw his family say on social media, Corbin uh, had all the plans now to go to the University of Louisville next season. So a couple local picks there also. IU uh, finishes the 22 draft with three uh, picks. Jack Perkins, we told you yesterday, he was a fifth-rounder drafted by the Oakland A's. And then yesterday, Bradley Bremer, another right-handed pitcher. He went in the 12th round of the Baltimore Orioles, also going to the Orioles. But in the 20th round, another right-handed pitcher from IU named Reese Sharp. So pretty good, three players in the draft overall, 20 rounds. Uh, three players from IU, from that baseball program, uh, moving on to get at least a chance, a pathway, to make it to uh, Major League Baseball. Little League Baseball, Little League Softball continues. Don't forget, we will be in Newcastle starting on Saturday to broadcast all the pitch-by-pitch coverage of the Jeff GRC 12-year-old Little League team. They're in that main division of Little League Baseball, the major division. They will play in the state tournament at Newcastle. They uh, open up on Friday. We'll be there Saturday or Sunday, depending on uh, their result on Friday. If they lose Friday, they play Saturday. If they win, they get a bye and play again on Sunday. But regardless, uh, no matter when, we'll be on the air with their next game after that Friday contest. I stopped by the ballpark last night to meet the kids and hand out some paperwork and questionnaires, and it's just Really neat to see a group of locals preparing for a big state tournament opportunity. Jeff team's pretty good. We'll see if they have a chance to make a run uh, beginning later this week in the Little League State Tournament up at Newcastle. Speaking of success in Little League tournaments, Floyd's Knobs Softball, the major division, that's the 12-year-old, I always call it the main division of Little League Softball, they won their state tournament last night uh, with a big win over Zionsville. And Floyd's Snobs got to host the state tournament this year as well, which was really good for District 5 and our area. Floyd's Snobs has been one of the dominant softball programs uh, in the state, much like New Albany and Jeff and Silver Creek have been on the baseball side. Floyd's Knobs has had it going on now for years on the softball side. They'll move on to the Great Lakes Regional, and they've had success winning that regional before, and we'll see how the uh, ladies from Floyd's Knobs do uh, in the upcoming regional tournament as well. couple notes from the Major League Baseball All-Star game last night. I don't talk a lot of professional baseball, I'm not a big Reds fan, I don't always watch a lot of baseball, love postseason baseball, I do watch a game here or there, or go on a trip to a baseball game here and there, but last night, and I always make a point to watch the Home Run Derby, I've always liked it. Uh, Kyle Schwarber was in there, so an IU connection uh, on Monday night, that was fun, although he kind of got cheated out of at least a chance to advance past uh, holes in the first round, we talked about that yesterday, but I always enjoy the All-Star game, because it's kind of a chance to catch up, uh, figure out who's had great seasons if you haven't been paying attention, and there's just a lot of talent out there, and and so many young names that maybe you don't know as well as you should, uh, like you would have in, in what I call old school Major League Baseball. But last night, as maybe this is just because of my broadcasting and interest in that side of things, but I was absolutely blown away that and I know it's an all-star game it's not a playoff game it's it is a competitive game uh, there's no question about that but I was blown away about the communication between the announcers and the pitchers especially I mean the the broadcasters were having Legit conversations with the pitchers in between pitches. Uh, They were joking back and forth in some scenarios. They were talking about what pitch they were going to throw next. And I realize there's probably no way to make that happen in regular baseball or in postseason baseball with uh, so many high stakes there and so much money on the line. But it was really interesting, a total different perspective last night, uh, to get to know some of the personalities of these pitchers, uh, to understand a little bit more about what they were thinking and how they communicate with their catcher. Uh, Just very, very interesting. So kudos to Major League Baseball. For trying something totally different. Uh, I think maybe in the past they've done the outfielders before, which that was really cool as well. Uh, they just seem to have a lot of on-the-field and in-the-dugout conversations, which I thought really added to the All-Star game last night. But specifically uh, talking with the pitchers in the middle of the game, in between pitches. Uh, some were more talkative than others. Some appeared to be more or less serious than others. But very, very interesting last night. And I found myself just totally totally locked in uh, when they would be in the middle of a conversation with the pitcher. And uh, I just thought it brought a whole other level of interest to the game last night. So uh, kudos to Major League Baseball. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't. Let me know. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times. We'll talk uh, IU basketball, Jordan Geronimo, more on what he had to say yesterday. After this, on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. The Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times is my guest. And, Dustin, we've got to start with Jordan Geronimo. We got a chance to have a summer conversation with him yesterday. And, as expected, a lot of the questions and answers all about his transition to the perimeter, a spot where I think he can be really effective and very likely see many, many more minutes this year for IU from the perimeter.
3: Yeah, that that's what I was just been fascinated on. I mean obviously I, I got first question, so I started it down that track immediately. Um, and he's obviously working on it. I mean, I think everybody looks at him and says, "Well, okay, well." I mean, frankly, it was you know uh, recruited as a small forward. You know, he's six six. So I mean, he's not. He 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 doesn't. He's not necessarily built like a power forward or, or a center. But he's, he's been playing uh, that way. But you know, he 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 also has that. He showed him that kind of skill set. He showed that rebound, play close close to the bucket. You know that he can shoot the issue though is that you, it, it, in this day and age the small forward is a guard position uh, at, at this point. it is a second shooting guard it, you know it, it is much different uh, than it was in the past you 're not posting up ever uh, you're always you know starting initiating your offense from the perimeter and that means you don't just have to be able to shoot it out there you know if you 're a power forward you, have, you just have to be able to shoot it out there so if you're a small forward, you have to be able to handle it and you have to be able to go off. Of ball, you have to be able to use ball screens, come off of them, attack off the dribble. You got to have some wiggle to your dribble uh, and be able to be able to keep it, not turn the ball over. You know just do a lot of things but he hasn't yet proven he can do uh, and, and, and I knew it was it, it, it was going to take a big summer for him to get from where I think he was at the end of March to uh, where they would need him to be if they can start him there or at least play him a bunch of minutes there uh, but it does seem like he's making progress I mean one thing I thought was interesting uh, is he said he's a guy that doesn't set goals because he gets too much of an set there he gets too hard on himself it's basically if he misses sort of a, a guidepost a mile, um, a mile marker there then he gets upset and it ends up holding him back uh, so he's just saying I just want to get better. I just want to get better at this and expand my game. Uh, but he said, you know, his handle is getting better. He said, I'm not, I'm not Kyrie Kyrie Irving, but it's getting better. Uh, and he made a point of saying, you know, my decision is making is being better. It's, it's not just, you know, what do you do with the ball, whether you pass or shoot or, or try to drive through the hole. It's what do you do off the ball. It's like how you set screens or move off screens or, or – or, just basically space yourself next to whoever has the ball uh, I thought that was really interesting to see the way that he's thinking about this the improvements he's making obviously we don't know we won't know until we see him um, if he's really capable of making that leap and obviously there's a lot of different combinations they can have out there uh, and, and I think some guys that are you know shooting guards that could easily play the three like a Tamar Bates uh, who might be a more obvious fit for the way the position is played right now um, but he's a guy that's just so talented you got to get him on the floor somehow uh, and it's tough to take Ray Thompson off the floor because he gives you so much so so it's like if you, you got to find a way to get him in somewhere, and, and I think that's one area where they might be able to is just get him a few at uh, small forward if, if he can just you know, get, make those uh, improvements so you can trust him you know, just with the ball in his hand more often out of the perimeter.
2: You know, Dustin, there have been some really good, what I call Geronimo moments over the years since he has been in Bloomington, and I'm sure we can all recall a, a certain game or a certain uh, fantastic athletic play that he made uh, that sticks with us. But despite all the hype of Trace coming back and Race coming back and some of the incoming players, and then Tamar Bates, who I think everybody agrees should and will likely have a much bigger role and be a different player this coming season, I still think the biggest, uh, I don't want to say addition at this point, but the biggest boost that IU can get from someone that was on the roster last season uh, is from Jordan Geronimo. There's just so much room for improvement, so much athleticism there. And if I had to pick out my projection on a guy that can help IU the most uh, and make the most improvement from last year, I I think I would peg Geronimo. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, for the most part. I mean, the only thing that I would say the only way I would counter that is, is, is if you're looking at it in a position of okay, what, um, what, where are you getting improvement? You're looking at it sort of position by by position. Like, well, what's, what's sort of your replacement if he doesn't do anything? Um, you know, I, then then I think there's a difference there because it's just again, you, you can trust Ray Thompson. I think you can trust guys that are more suited to play the three as it is now um, that are going to be able to get you contributions. And if you if you told me, okay, Jordan Durant, is going to you know uh, tear his Achilles or whatever, and they won't have him at all, are they busted? And the answer is no. Uh, you know, I think that there are guys that are that, that would be more devastating if you lost them. But I think that they can, they have opportunities, and they have guys that are solid at the positions where he plays. And that's why he's had a h- hard time getting minutes. But you know, the ceiling is so high. Uh, basically, I mean, I, 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 and similarly, I would say that you know, in terms of a guy that's got NBA potential, Jordan Geronimo might have the most. Uh, because just the, the athleticism is so much, the size, the muscle, uh, and, and the ability to shoot the basketball, and he's got to, you know, again work on the other things. Um, but you know, he has, I think, the most upside uh, in, in terms of a guy that can take another leap that, that, that has the ways that he can still go. Um, you know, so I, I think obviously if he, if he turns into that now, I mean, he was talking about uh, about DeAndre Hunter as a guy that he looks at as as somebody that, that that he thinks is sort of a reasonable model, and if he's you know, redshirt sophomore year, DeAndre Hunter. Then yes, then then, then that really changes the game. I think uh, for Indiana drastically, if, if he's the guy that can do uh, for Indiana what DeAndre Hunter did for Virginia in 2019, uh, that does a whole heck of a lot. So, I, so I, there's a few different ways to answer that question. So I don't want to make it out to be like that. I don't think Jordan Jamal has a chance to be really, really, really good because he does. Uh, he, he absolutely has a chance to be an absolute star. I mean, it might uh, you might not see it until you know next year when uh, you know you know. Uh, Ray Thompson's gone and then, then, you know, stretch four might be the place where he makes the most sense uh, long term. But, you know, again, he's a guy that can shoot the basketball and just has immense leaping ability, wingspan. Athleticism, energy, all those things, and, and those that that can create a lot. There's just there are things that Jordan Geronimo can do that nobody else in this team can do.
2: Dustin, I know I've brought this up before, but I want to mention this from Jordan's interview yesterday. I know Mike Woodson has only been IU's coach for one full season, and maybe there's a, an extended honeymoon period, especially after uh, making the NCAA tournament in year one by fans and players and others. But I continue to be really impressed by what Trace. Jackson Jackson Davis and Jordan Geronimo and so many other returning players that we've heard from uh, have to say about Coach Woodson and really the staff overall, there really seems to be a big trust between players and coaches, and that Mike Woodson, not just individually for a guy like Geronimo, uh, is going to do the right thing, but also uh, for the team. Do you sense a much different uh, feeling there between coach and player, or player and coach, than what we've seen under Archie Miller and in the past? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't think it,
3: it, I mean, it obviously was interesting. You, you thought, uh, you know, Bob, Bob Kravitz, my old colleague, did a uh, piece in The Athletic uh, about, uh, you know, just talking about some of the, with the vets, and, you know, I think Brian Evans in particular just said, you know, it, it felt like Archie Miller was a POW, and that was pretty brutal. Uh, I mean, I don't think they disliked Archie. I mean, I, I think that's one thing that I would say. I mean, I don't, I don't think he excited them necessarily, um, but I, I don't think they had personal distaste for him. Um, but, you know, I... I the, the style of basketball wasn't great, and, and and Archie's not a guy that when things are, are going bad, he, he's necessarily he, he's not doesn't have the funniest personality. I think that much we know, uh, and it wasn't easy for him to get them to pull up and pull out of it. And and part of because that's just not how he's wired. He's not a guy. He's not a you know he's not a bubbly individual. I don't like I don't think they hated him. I don't think they felt like he was you know a snake in the grass or anything like that. But he just he you know didn't really excite anybody. <laughs> he frequently frequently didn't seem excited by himself. Um, but Mike Woodson, he's got. It's not that Woodson, you know, what you wouldn't describe Woodson as bubbly, but he's got that, um, you know, like wise old uncle thing to him, I guess. And I think they really like that. He relates to them well, um, even as an old guy, basically. Even sort of acknowledging that he's the old guy, and he's, you know, pointing out the generational differences between them, and they're obvious. And he's, you know, speaking them. Out loud, um, he, you know, I, I think, you know, he probably reminds them of, of some of their uncles or some of their dads or whatever. Like he has that kind of energy. Um, and it fits. So I, so I think they really do like him. They trust him. Um, I think that they, they like the fact that he trusts them. I, I think that's one thing that goes a long way. I mean, I don't know too often. I, I wouldn't say too often. Like I've heard something from Mike Woodson that was, man, that is so genius. That's beyond anything I've ever heard anybody talk about, X's and O's-wise or strategy-wise or ever, anything. But I think what you see over and over again is he just instills confidence in these guys because he just says, keep doing it. Trust it keep doing it, you know, just keep doing it. It'll get better. Okay, Ray, you missed five threes in a row. Take the next one. When it's open, take it. And and I think that is really, I think, the biggest way that they're connecting It's He's just, he keeps telling them, I trust you. Keep doing it. And, and I think they derive a lot from that. Um, the, the belief that he shows in them. If, if there's one thing that's really stood out to me about Mike Woods and how he handles these guys, it's just over and over again. He says, I trust you. And so believe in yourself and do it. And, you know, it's okay if you miss, keep playing, keep going, keep shooting. Uh, and, and I think they really like that about him. And I think that that's where a lot of the, the good vibes that you're seeing from those guys come from.
2: I was also intrigued by Geronimo yesterday. He mentioned Caleb banks uh we just mm-hmm. had some conversations with you and others after banks was a was a guest of one of these media zooms and uh to hear other good things from players about him, he's really kind of in recent weeks moved up on my uh chart of who to maybe pay a little bit more attention to for next year
3: yeah, no absolutely I mean Caleb Caleb's got a fascina to me from the beginning because i mean i I mean um. But, but I mean, to your point really quickly, to to acknowledge what you said, yeah, I mean, so he's kind of, you know, he's the first guy who said it unprompted, Um, but, you know, that that no one was even going there at all, and they brought up Caleb Banks, or, or no one was even giving him a guy or feeding him someone to talk about. Uh, and he brought up Caleb Banks all on his own, but I mean, when we asked Ray Thompson about Caleb, we thought about Caleb, like his eyes raised up, you know, some, somebody asked and I think JD actually had to read it off because I think it, someone had to text it in, they had some audio issues, and you know, Ray Thompson heard the word Caleb Banks and his eyes, like just the eyebrow raised like involuntarily. And it was just like, okay, wait till you, wait till you hear what I got to say about this guy. Um, cause he's like, I didn't know anything about him, but man, like he's got game. And, and Jordan Durama was the same way yesterday. He was just like, who's a sleeper who's impressed you, whatever. He's like, I really like Caleb Banks, you know, and there was, you know, basically he could have picked anybody. He could have picked a returner. He could have picked a freshman, but he was just like, I really like Caleb Banks. I think he has game. And, you know, anybody we've asked about Caleb directly has said, you know, he can, you know, like CJ with guns I and mean, he's a big guard who can get his own, you know, can get a bucket. You know, I mean, like Rayna was impressed. Basically, anybody who's been asked about Caleb Banks has said, "Yeah, this this guy can play." And I think the thing is, I mean, you really look at him. I, mean, I, I looked at his video basically when they recruited him, and I was thinking, "Okay, like, why, why is this guy only you know a high four star or, or a mid four star? You know, like, why, why did this guy end up in the seventies? He's six eight uh, with guard skills. I mean, just it, it, they're all there. It's not a situation where like he's posting up sometimes every once in a while. takes a three. I mean, no, he was entirely you know operating from the perimeter and you know got real good handle, could get to the rim and finish, was really good at. Finishing strong, guy could re- can legitimately shoot threes. Like, okay, what's what's the downside? Why isn't he a top ten player? Um, and so, I, I guess what I understand is that he didn't really understand how good he was and and what he could do with his body and the way that he could really, you know, punish a smaller player or or you know, you know, trust himself to really cross somebody up on the perimeter. He doesn't realize how good, how skilled he is, and he's still just figuring it out. Um, but man, I mean, there's there's a lot of potential there. Again, you're, you're talking about a guy. This is. What they're looking for at the next level is a guy that's six six, six seven, six eight, who operates like a perimeter player, and Caleb Banks does that uh, right now. Obviously, he can get better, he can get more proficient, he can get more consistent um, from what I, I presume he is based on what they're saying. Um, but, you know, it, 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 again, he's got the body, he's got the skill set uh, to be able to be a really good player and to be a guy that they like at the next level, too.
2: Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Dustin, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the Big Ten Conference. I mentioned this in our headline segment today, but always enjoy reading off-season updates on other Big Ten programs. And one of the schools that I was unsure about, or one of the teams I was unsure about, is what Illinois would be like next year after some really key losses, headlined by the loss of uh, two-time All-American Kofi Coburn last season. But I tell you what, Coach Underwood has rebuilt. He's got some really good uh, gets from the transfer portal. Maybe a couple of the best additions from the transfer portal uh, coming to the Illini. And I think instead of a rebuilding team for next season, uh, the Illini can. Be at the top of the conference in a race with Indiana, perhaps, uh, when you look at who they've got back. Do you see them as a rebuild, or do you see them as a team that could be in that upper echelon?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they can be in that upper echelon. I mean, obviously. Um, as we've seen, you know the portal's hit a miss, uh, and, and there are times when you get a guy who's you know basically on paper uh, looks like he should be a star. Uh, looks like he should be able to come in and contribute right away, and it doesn't uh, come together as quickly because you're obviously learning a new offense, you're learning a new defense, you're learning new systems, you're learning new coaching staff, you're learning new teammates, um, and and sometimes if you're only going to be there for a year, uh, you don't get it doesn't necessarily translate over specifically but sometimes it does um and so you know sometimes a guy find you know finds a hole that fits exactly what he what what you know he is exactly what the team needs um basically you know it's it's what he needs for his career and what it's it's what that Program needs. I mean, Brady Manick at North Carolina, I think, is a guy that you can obviously, you know, circle, you know, in terms of just recent. Um, and there's, I mean, obviously, there's, there's just many, many more, obviously, with, with their, the portal operating how it is. You're, you're able to transfer without, um, you know, uh, needing a year to sit out now and the whole bit. But, you know, I mean there's, there's just you know, Terrence Shannon and Matthew Mayer are really, really good players. I think we've seen, you know, them star in the Big Twelve uh, you know, for for years. And and you know, they were and Mayer in particular was a guy who, you know, basically was was part of uh just loaded groups at Baylor, didn't always get them in. It's got a lot more of them last year, but you know, again, is is that uh you know, big wing who can step out uh, a lot, but can you know can rebound, can play in the post too. Um so he he is gonna be a guy I mean, I just have a hard time imagining. He won't be really good right out of the gate. Um and Terrence Shannon has been a guy that's been terrific as well. he's had some great moments over there, Texas Tech guy can you know score and defend, so you know there's your core. Um, you know, it's those two guys, and if they, if they have any kind of chemistry and ability to play off each other, you can, you can go pretty far just with that. Um, and then you add, you know, Sky Clark as a point guard, uh, basically this highly recruited guy, you know, guy they want, you know, um, that a lot of teams wanted really bad. You know, I think he's going to be a guy that you can trust a point guard right away, you know, was a teammate of Jalen Hood Chafino, just played less because he was hurt for most of the year. Um, but if he's healthy, you know, it's, that's yeah, a guy certainly the recruiting services really like. So he, he's going to be able to push tempo and whatnot. Obviously, again, they've, they've lost some big players. It's not, it, it's Coburn, but it's also, so Alfonso Plummer was out of eligibility. Trent Frazier's out of eligibility. Andre Cabrello decides to move on and transfer. Um, you know, th- those are some big pieces. And, you know, Kofi is, is you know, uh, obviously a giant as is. But, you know, I think Illinois is going to have a crack at it because, again, everybody lost somebody. You know, I mean, that basically the, the Big Ten really got hit hard. I mean, and, and again, that's why we're talking about Indiana as a, as a potential, um, you know, as a potential Big Ten champion because, uh, as a favorite, because, you know, they lost the least. Um, you know, that that's really the biggest reason everybody else got hit uh, really hard. Indiana, you know, brings back the most of what they had uh, of anybody in the big 10, everybody else lost a major, major piece. You know, I think, I think it was 13 out of the 16 guys that were all big 10 by either the media or the coaches. I think only three of them are back. Um, so basically if, if you really reload, reloaded in the portal versus the freshman class, uh, you have a chance to get better quickly. But I think Ohio State Illinois are both two teams are on similar paths. They both, you know, got some big time ready to go uh you know, freshmen, but they also went big in the portal and got guys you're able to contribute, contribute right away.
2: Good stuff. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times with us on IU basketball and more here in the off season. Dustin, thank you. We'll uh, talk again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. For sure. We'll head to a commercial break back to talk local sports with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. When we return, this is a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back with Josh Cook. He's the sports editor of the News and Tribune, and he's with us Wednesdays on the program as we talk some local sports. And, Josh, before we get into some local stuff today, some high school stuff, uh, some MLB draft uh, stuff from a local perspective, uh, let's talk about the All-Star game last night. You're a sports fan through and through, and I know you keep a close eye on just about everything going on. Did you like the communication with the players, uh, especially the pitchers, during the All-Star game last night. I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Uh, To be honest with you, I didn't see a. Oh my gosh!
2: I thought you would be all over it, Josh.
1: (laughs) I was at the the softball, the little league softball uh, state championship game, so I missed uh, I missed all of the MLB All Star stuff. Unfortunately,
2: I understand. Well, I I was envisioning uh, high school pitchers mic'd up, and we could get the audio here on the Big X during our play-by-play play in the News and Tribune, could get the in-game quotes and tweet them out. I, I was already thinking next level. I'm sure we'd break about eight, 18 rules if we did that. So That'd be great. I like the sound of that. Well, you mentioned Little League, and I was going to bring that up a little bit later, but we can start with that. The Floyd knobs Major Girls, that's 12-year-old division. They uh, once again win a state championship and are headed off to the Great Lakes Regional.
1: Yeah, big uh, big win for him last night. You know, Zionsville had beaten them eight to four on Monday night, but but uh, Floyd Nobbs came back big last night in the championship game and uh, scored uh, uh, scored the first eight runs of the game. And they scored three runs in the first inning. Got a couple big hits, and then um, uh, Addison Roman came through with uh, almost. In, I guess you'd say an inside the park home run, be a be a, a triple with an error. You could say a uh, little league inside the park home run, but. Uh, that was that helped them get off to a good start, and then they, they had some some good pitching from um, Aubrey Duckworth, Lucy Isaacs, and uh, Emma Warren. All came through and pitched uh, uh, pitched pitch well. And then uh, uh, Duckworth came up with a huge catch in the outfield to end the game. But it was a big Big Twelve seven win for uh, Floyd Nobbs. Um, you know uh, they lost last year, designed to Bill one nothing in the state finals. So this is a Big revenge game for them, so they got their got the revenge, and now they go on to uh, the Central Region Tournament in Whitestown, uh, which uh, uh, which starts on Monday. I'm not sure when Floyd Knobs will play yet, but uh, it's next Monday through Friday in Whitestown. So uh, congrats to them. You know, I think this is the fourth one in five seasons, uh, minus the COVID year, but uh, big
2: win for them. And uh, I mentioned earlier our coverage of the Jeff GRC 12-year-old team will begin over the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, depending on how they do Friday. Uh, It's hard to scout Little League. It's hard to know who's who. Just because one league was good one year doesn't mean the next that they'll be uh, as strong. It just varies in each age group. But it seems like, from what I'm being told, uh, Jeff GRC will be a very competitive team, or at least should be, at the uh, 12-year-old baseball state tournament coming up.
1: Yeah, I would expect so, too. You know, obviously... um, um... Uh, district 5 winner is usually uh very strong so i expect them to uh you know go up there and, and play well and contend and uh you know hopefully uh hopefully we'll have some 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 cool weather for them i don't know it's about uh 95 degrees with 95% humidity right now it feels like outside so hopefully they have uh they have cooler weather over there but uh we'll see i you know i I look for I look for good things from
2: Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. A lot of the things we talk about, you can read at slash sports and of course in the print edition of the paper each day. Uh, Josh, uh, want to talk about the Major League Baseball draft? We had some local connection to it. Uh, Timmy Borden drafted yesterday, a Providence graduate who started at U of L and then finished at Georgia Tech. Both of those schools in the ACC conference, a really good baseball conference as things stand now. Uh, he's going to get a chance in the Astros organization
1: yeah not a bad uh, not a bad organization to get picked by uh you know Timmy had uh just an an outstanding season this past season uh uh 20 home runs I think I I can't remember how many RBIs but he really uh really came up big uh you know he's he's really developed uh, uh physically especially since he's since he's left uh Providence he's He's uh, he's gotten a lot bigger and stronger, and uh, I think that showed in his uh, home runs this season and uh, his performance. And you know, that's you know, good for him for for getting drafted by the Astros because you know that's that's a uh, a very good uh, very good team, very good organization. So, uh, uh, good luck to him as he as he goes on. Uh, hopefully, with
2: a with a good pro career. You know, I know minor league baseball. The structure of things has changed so much in recent years that really aren't as many different levels of minor leagues. Some of it's been combined, and I understand now that there's something called a complex league, which is instructional baseball in many senses of the word, where you go play at the Astros, let's use them as an example, their facility, and you might have some inter-squad stuff, you might also play other teams at their complex, but I'm not even sure fans are in the building for some of that kind of stuff. So I don't really know, back in the day, some years ago, you could Probably guess where Timmy Borden might go or be assigned by the Astros to start, but who knows now in this new structure of minor league baseball?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I totally agree, and uh, I, I don't know where he's going to end up either. But yeah, like like you said, a lot of things have changed, and um, you know, there's there's not as many teams, and uh, uh, there's only 20 rounds in the major league draft now. You know, back in the day, there were seemed like there were you know. 50 rounds you know what, what Mike Piazza was drafted in like the 47th round or something now he's in the Hall of Fame so uh you know who knows but uh yeah I'm not sure where he will start but uh you know excited to see what he can do and you know we've like we've got several guys playing in the minors now with uh, uh Drew Ellis Drew Campbell and uh, Gabe Bierman along with uh Josh Rogers on rehab so you know, Hopefully, uh, Timmy Warden will be one of those guys we'll be talking about, too, in the next couple of years.
2: I'm glad you mentioned Josh. Someone texted and said, ask uh, Josh Cook for an update on Josh Rogers. I know he was at AA, had a pitching assignment over the weekend, did not win that game. Do you know where he's at in rehabilitation and what could be next for him? No,
1: I'm not sure exactly what where he's at, but he's... Uh, you know, I expect him. I think he pitched at Rochester, like you said the other day. I expect I expect him to be there for a little bit, maybe longer, and then, you know, hopefully, hopefully get back up with the Nationals uh, in the second half of the season. I think they were looking at that um, when he started this whole rehab thing coming up in maybe July. So, so hopefully he'll be back up there, maybe till later this month or in August, uh, but not sure exactly.
2: All right, Josh Cook, my guest. Josh, the sports editor of the News and Tribune. Getting closer to football, you know, now that the dead week is over, a little earlier this month, uh, football's been going full bore. Some schools have two-a-days. I know you got to watch the heat and the humidity this time of year. And I've seen some scrimmages already. They're not really promoted, and you don't get a lot of fans outside of parents. But have you heard any early word on high school football for this fall and what's going on this summer?
1: <laughs> uh j- just a little bit here and there. Uh, nothing nothing big yet. Uh I'm just I'm just excited for it to be here. Uh get her you know, get her in a couple of weeks. But uh, uh speaking of that, shout out to Steve Cooley and uh Miles Johnson for winning the other night. They were on the South team that beat the North team fourteen to nothing in the uh North South All Star game up in Davis. So uh, you know, congrats to those guys. That was a, uh, that was an impressive performance by the South. You know, uh, to shut anybody out, good job.
2: Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with us here on Wednesdays. We talk local sports. Josh, uh, you know, I, I get this question a lot as well, especially for you, and I know we're probably guilty of doing this a little too often, even in the middle of the summer, but basketball, high school basketball for next year. And we we flirted with this back in June when some of the summer league stuff was going on, but do you have an early read on that? Is there a team or two that stands out as you start to think way on down the line about who could be the front runners in the area? area <laughs> uh
1: it's never too early to start talking basketball right exactly. man uh yeah i, I uh i think about that a little bit the other day uh you know in class a i would say rock creek would would be the favorite in that sectional now and then uh, uh also in class a since it's playing a new sectional new wash is going to be uh i expect we should be it could be a sectional contender and it's in its new sectional with uh with this new coach, uh, uh Mr Snodgrass over there. So uh, you know, I, I expect those two uh, to, to contend for titles in, in uh in their classes next year now. Now in two A uh, Providence and Clarksville have the have the uh unfortunate possibility of playing Brownstown now since Brownstown's down there. So that's gonna make it a little more difficult for the for the Pioneers in their uh bid to repeat. But uh you know, I'm sure they'll make it interesting and I'm sure uh uh if they do play uh brownstown that uh, Ryan miller have a nice defensive uh, plan for uh for uh, the venture kid and and uh that can make it very interesting and then in three a you know silver creek and charlestown uh you know silver creek obviously losing Brandon northern is gonna hurt but uh you know um they they've got the kid uh who transferred in last year from madison uh he'll he'll be there full time this year so uh you know they should be decent charlestown obviously will improve under under coach lynch and then uh at foray you know I, at foray is a, is a good uh it's gonna be anybody's guess i don't know who's gonna win that sectional because that one's uh i think a lot of teams will be even uh you know uh but but the local teams will be pretty good um you know jeff and and uh Floyd Central, obviously, with, with new coaches and then uh you know jim shannon will always have to help great play so um it'll be interesting to see what uh Know, some of the younger guys it's, it's their chance now to develop you know justin carter especially it didn't albany kind of had a breakout year last year so we'll see if he can improve on that this year and then uh you know Jeff's got plenty of talent especially in its uh what like sophomore class coming in so uh, that'll be interesting to see and then uh, floyd central's you know got uh, caleb washington and, and tevi ali a couple of great uh, very good kids last year from their our sexual championship team back so you know they'll be uh I expect Greg Walters to have them in contention too for a sectional title again this
2: year. Yeah, should be a lot of interesting, or there will be a lot of interesting things to follow uh, for the upcoming season. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he's with us Wednesdays. Josh, thank you. And uh, you got to go back and uh, TiVo or something the All Star. TiVo (laughs) is even still a thing. You got to watch it.
1: Who won, Matt? Who won? uh, American League for like the ninth
2: (laughs) or tenth time in a row, and the American League has won twenty out of twenty-two, which doesn't even seem right to me. How is that? How's that so uneven? I mean, the World Series is not uneven. it's so I, I, I don't know, but uh, I thought you'd uh, I thought you'd be able to rap with me about that today, but no no problem. so <laughs> All right, Josh, have a great day. We'll talk with you next week. All right, sounds good, Matt. Thank you, too, Josh Cook, our friends at the News and Tribune with us Wednesdays. Uh, Thanks for being with us. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday program. We'll return on Thursday. Uh, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join us in our program on Thursday. Also, uh, Brian Hargett, he's the Little League coach of the Jeff GRC 12-year-old All-Star team. We'll hear about their journey to the state tournament and learn more about their club as we get ready to head off to Newcastle with them and broadcast their game starting this weekend. Also, uh, one of my favorite guests, I hope that you will enjoy him as well, John Mugar. He is the founder and creator of TBT, the basketball tournament uh, that is going on this summer. The winner gets a million dollars to take home. Uh, to split up among the team, and he'll join us to talk about the tournament this year. And uh, just a creative guy and uh, neat to uh, have him on to talk about a very unique basketball tournament. We'll do all of that tomorrow starting at the 11 o'clock mark. Thanks for being with us. Have a great Wednesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.